In the workplace, decisions can be a building block of a successful career, or they can be the reason for failure. Some people try to escape the possibility of failure by avoiding making difficult decisions, but that is not helpful either. Today, we are discussing the art of becoming a decisive leader. Welcome to the 90th Percentile, an unconventional leadership podcast by Zinger Folkman. Each week, using research from over 1.5 million global leaders, we analyze different leadership traits, trends, and what it really takes for leaders to get to the 90th percentile. I'm your host, Brianna Corrin, and with me today, I have a renowned psychometrician and also a man who loves and hates making decisions, Joe Folkman. I don't like making decisions. <laughs> I'm your daughter, so I can vouch that there are some decisions in life that you hate making. I mean, everyone hates making some decisions. Like what? Uh, like purchasing a car. You make uh, mom buy all the cars. Well, it's better if she picks what she wants, but I may be guilty of this one. Mm. Well, I think a lot of people are because it's a complex decision to make. There are a lot of things you have to look into when buying a car. What make and model you want? Do you want to put yourself through the dealership experience? Do you go new? Do you go to use? Do you finance, trade-in, test drives, negotiations? If you consider all those factors, it becomes incredibly complex and hard to choose one car over the other, which is why you call mom. She's picky, she does her research, and she's good at making deals, and she comes in and saves the day. But for the rest of us mere mortals, why is it that making these complex decisions can be so difficult? When making difficult decisions, you have a great deal of what Leon Fessinger called cognitive dissonance. In the beginning, we're open to lots of different alternatives, uh, all of which look good in some ways and bad in others. Struggling with several various alternatives creates dissonance because many choices are mutually exclusive. Hmm. Most of us hate cognitive dissonance. And as a result, we tend to rationalize our choice, defend our decision, <laughs> and then find reasons to denigrate alternatives. Uh. The most common problem due to this justification process is that it may take a long time to recognize that we have made a poor decision. It happens in all aspects of life, at home, at work, raising kids, or even buying cars. Once you decide, you find yourself defending the decision, and it's difficult to accept the fact that this may have been the wrong decision. Despite the endless amount of data we can access today, there will never be enough data to ensure that any decision is correct. Waiting for more data causes people to miss and get ahead of the competition. Sometimes good choices this year become bad choices next year. Learning how to be decisive is an essential skill and it will influence your success. To test the impact of decisiveness, you gathered data on 379 leaders. Now, each assessor rated uh, a leader on their ability to make decisions and continually move forward even when there was a lack of clarity. They also looked at balancing decisiveness with reflection and critical thinking. And last, they looked at are they able to make good decisions with a mixture of analysis, wisdom, experience, and judgment. In the study, you were also measuring the organizational potential rating, who's hot and who's not, figuratively speaking. 
there were three different groups you looked at, and it's quite interesting to note their decisiveness score. The first group was designated as develops in place. These were good performers, but were not likely to get promoted. Their decisiveness score was only at the 43rd percentile, which is not great. That is like a D if we were speaking in classroom terms. The next group was called promotable. These leaders were higher performers. They scored at the 53rd percentile in decisiveness. They earned a solid C. And the final group was the notable high potentials. These leaders had been selected and were on track for leadership roles. They scored in the 63rd percentile, which is like a B plus. And it, it was 20 percentile points above that first group. This is just one example showing that the skill of being decisive is highly sought after and possessing it could dramatically increase your chance of being in the high potential group of leaders. But the mystery still remained at what these high potential leaders actually did that made Raiders perceive them to be more decisive. So you widened your search and you looked at the evaluations from over 3,000 assessors on over 1,000 leaders. And what you found when you analyzed this data was that being decisive requires four key enabling behaviors. These enabling behaviors help leaders to understand decisions, make decisions, and execute them. Exactly. Uh, the first behavior we found was having deep knowledge and expertise. Leaders who were effective at being decisive started with deep knowledge, experience, and insights about the decisions to be made. In many cases, the person making the decision involved others because they did not have all the needed knowledge and expertise. Insights come from looking at data, analyzing results, and discussions with peers and colleagues. Some leaders were arrogant and assumed they had enough knowledge to decide on their own without involving others. As you consider the expansion of information today, it is unlikely that any one person can be fully informed and knowledgeable. So making a decision without involving others is a dangerous habit. And this behavior often ends in disaster. Without proper knowledge and expertise, the only thing a leader can do <laughs> is rely on luck. <laughs> I played the part of a minion for many years. And by that, I mean, I was the one gathering information for leaders so they could make a decision. It seems that some leaders get a little crippled by seeking out so much information that it makes the decision harder. So how much is too much? Hmm. Sometimes, you know, ignorance is bliss. The additional problem we're facing today is misinformation or fake news. Oh, true. People hesitate to make a decision until they have digested every speck of data available, at which time more data shows up. <laughs> Clearly, having expert knowledge and up-to-date information is helpful, but it takes more than just knowledge and information to make a good decision. The second behavior needed to make an effective decision is clear strategy and direction. Once a problem is fully understood, a good decision needs the context of the organization direction and strategy. If the organization is headed in a different direction, it will quickly become a disaster. Once again, involving others is critical here. 
because often changes in direction may not have been discussed throughout the organization. Ooh, like when the CDC made a decision to change their stance and said wearing a mask really was helpful, but then the United States government was heading in a different direction, and then wearing a mask became weird and politicized. Is it too soon to bring that up? Probably. But I felt like uh, they would have benefited from a good old strategy meeting. That's probably true. <laughs> Everyone <You> know, can. <laughs> well, I remember an example of a technology company that was trying to decide between two different pieces of hardware. They both performed well. Deciding between the two was proving very difficult until one person asked, which is smaller? <laughs> an important part of their strategy was built around creating smaller, more compact solutions. A very difficult solution became easy once they were clear about their strategy. Oh, that's a great story. A third important behavior needed to be an effective leader is courage. No amount of data, analysis, reports, or projections will make a decision for you. All the data comes from looking backwards, but decision effectiveness is based on what will happen in the future. Someone is going to have to make a decision and that person will never be 100% sure it is the correct decision. For the life of that decision, it will be attributed to the person that made that decision and require a willingness to take risks and pure courage. In today's disruptive environment, decisions need to be made quickly before competitors can gain the lead. Not every decision will be made correctly. And so another aspect of courage is to identify the poor decisions. The natural tendency of those making the decision is to defend them, but taking too long to recognize a poor decision can negatively impact the perception of an individual's effectiveness. We are all gonna make, at some point in our life, a poor decision. Do you find that some leaders just don't want to own the decision themselves and try to spread out the responsibility of that decision? I remember being at a company conference and having a colleague from that company point to a person and say, this is the person who came up with the idea for blah, blah, blah. Well, hmm. it was a very successful product, but people get labeled by the decisions they make and the results they achieve. But in the end, I'm most impressed with those leaders who will share the success with others and, and be willing to take the blame for failures. The fourth important behavior needed to make an effective decision is deliver results. Good decisions that fail to be implemented become bad decisions. For decisions to be implemented, change needs to occur. Implementation requires that a person is willing to take the initiative and act with speed and conviction and a sense of urgency. Just because a decision has been made doesn't mean it will be implemented. A key element in implementing is follow through. Oh, like when you decide to give up Diet Coke, but then you go to the store and you buy another pack for food storage or a real emergency. And then, then you forget what constitutes a real emergency and start drinking it. I just can't <laughs> resist the orange vanilla. It smells like happiness. But the point is that following through with your good decision is the key. Now, to review the four steps, we have deep knowledge and expertise, clear strategy and direction, courage, and deliver results. Exactly how effective are these enabling behaviors? Can you prove they actually work? 
Uh, you looked at the impact of improving these four enabling behaviors. Now, if all four of these behaviors are below average, decisiveness is at the 19th percentile. That is clearly an F. But each time one of these behaviors improves to above average performance, decisiveness increases to the 36th percentile, then the 49th, then the 63rd. So our high potential friends are doing three of these behaviors pretty well. And with all four above average, decisiveness is at the 82nd percentile. You know, what I like about this research is that with a large database, we can simulate the effects of improvement. And that's what we've done here. Uh, just above average performance on all four behaviors puts you at the 82nd percentile. What I like about this research is the synergy of the four different behaviors. A good decision starts with having a deep knowledge and expertise, and you gather the facts. And in most cases, you don't know all the facts, so you involve others. Next, having a clear strategy helps a person to guide the decision. And is it the right decision? And does it fit this organization? But decisions are rarely easy. So courage is essential. And finally, to be successful, decisions need to be implemented. So leaders need to deliver the results. So we have a, an interesting little addition for this podcast. We've created a brief self-assessment that measures your preference for each of the four enabling behaviors. What we know about preference is that people tend to be more skilled in a behavior where they have a high preference. You can take the self-assessment by opening up a browser and typing in, in lowercase, bit.ly slash zfdecide. Or you can find that link in the details on the episode notes. After taking the assessment, consider improvement actions in the skill where you have the lowest preference. The 90th Percentile, an unconventional leadership podcast, was written and recorded by Brianna Corin and Joe Folkman, with music by Pleasant Pictures and produced by Zanger Folkman. If you like our show, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher and leave us a five-star review. For more information about Zanger Folkman's leadership assessment offerings and to take the assessment we offer today, go to Zanger Folkman and search podcast.